Chapter 1 The Family That Disciples You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 5 through 7. But once let the family altar be forsaken, and let parents forget the natural duty of ordering their households before the Lord, and you may guard the church as you will, your labor will be vain. You have cast down her hedges. The bear out of the wood shall waste her. You have taken away the tower of the flock, and when the wolf comes he will find the sheep an easy prey. Christian parents, with all my heart would I say to you, do not sin against the child by your ill example or by your negligence as to his salvation, but seek the Holy Spirit, that to your own offspring you may fully discharge the solemn duties which providence and grace have thrown upon you. Charles Spurgeon The single greatest reason why we are losing our young people today is that the home is no longer the place where faith is transferred. Parents the primary purpose of the home is the evangelization and discipleship of your children. You cannot outsource this vital component in the rearing of your children. Tony Evans Every Christian family ought to be, as it were, a little church, consecrated to Christ, and wholly influenced and governed by His rules. And family education and order are some of the chief of the means of grace. If these are duly maintained, all the means of grace will be like to prosper and be successful. Jonathan Edwards A Christian home is more than a house full of Christian people. Howard Hendricks No one can help or hurt a child like a parent can. Parents are powerful. Father and mother are society's most influential roles, which makes being a parent one of the highest honors and most immense responsibilities. If you are blessed enough to have someone who calls you mom or dad, be honored. Embrace that title with great trepidation and enthusiasm, speaking what is true, loving, and kind, and making the most of the influence afforded to you. The role you hold, parent, is one commissioned by God Himself. It is no accident that you are your child's mom or dad. Whoever your children are, born to you or brought into your family, God has knowingly chosen you to train and care for them, to teach them all that He has commanded. If you are a parent, you are automatically in the position of disciple-maker in your child's life. A disciple-maker is not, as some might believe, a role reserved for so-called super-Christians. Making disciples is the job of every follower of Jesus. This is your purpose in your home, making eternal deposits in your children. Your faith is more influential than you think. Your family is the primary instrument and environment for discipleship in the life of your child, and your calling in this life is to give the discipleship of your home your unique best. Your child is not only your progeny, he or she is your protege. Everything you have learned from and about following Christ is to be passed on to your children to the best of your ability. What is family discipleship? Family discipleship is the important and mostly ordinary spiritual leadership of your home. 
Put simply, family discipleship is leading your home by doing whatever you can, whenever you can, to help your family become friends and followers of Jesus Christ. Christians not only ought to disciple, but they must disciple if they are to truly follow Christ. This is the quintessential role of every Christian parent. You cannot be a Christian family if you are not a disciple-making family, because your family can't truly follow Christ if you are not doing what Christ commanded, trying to become more and more like Him and leading others to do the same. Discipleship is both what we heard Jesus command and what we saw Jesus doing. Discipleship is essential to both the message and the method of following Christ. Jesus' method of discipleship was not intended to be unique. It was prototypical. He invited people to follow and live alongside Him so they might lead others in like manner. He could have started a formal training school. But instead, He built His training around time in His presence, and He exercised His trust in the Father, practiced relentless love for all people, and carried out His mission with His disciples. The Great Commission is for you to similarly make disciples of those who do not follow Christ, including those born or brought into your home. To disciple your family as Jesus discipled His twelve, think less of your children as students in your home university and more as apprentices invited to study and exercise the way of God they see in and hear about from you. When your kids ask questions, think of ways that you might give them an invitation for an answer just like Christ did. Come and you will see. John chapter 1 verse 39. Willfully or not, all parents are perpetually discipling the children around them. Children are watching and listening to you as they form their impressions of the world, of faith, and of what it means to be an adult. As a Christian parent, wield that influence to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. Good family discipleship is both intentional and consistent with a clear goal to see your kids conformed to the image of Christ. Because it takes intentionality and consistency, it requires a plan. Christian parents should have a strategy. Every household should regularly be designing, adjusting, and reforming a plan for family discipleship. The family discipleship framework this book proposes, presented at the end of this chapter, is a trellis for that plan to grow on. It takes advantage of the many small and large interactions a family has in order to impart the gospel of Jesus Christ and hopefully see the next generation be born again to a living hope. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 Family discipleship assumes two essential truths that undergird this entire resource. First, Parents have the potential to be the most influential person in a child's life. Second, God has clearly commanded that the highest priority of parenting is helping children know, follow, and trust Him. Family discipleship is not Family discipleship is not free-form spiritual exploration. Family discipleship is indoctrination teaching the doctrines and worldview of God as laid out in His Word without yielding to the contrary opinions of the world or apologizing for the potential offensiveness of that truth. Indoctrination has become a bad word in our culture that loves the idea of letting children choose for themselves what they think is true. 
What a disastrous deception. To not tell your kids what is true is the opposite of loving. We are helping the next generation navigate a perilous journey of life through temptations and malicious misinformation. Do not set your children adrift in the desert of this world and cross your fingers that they find the narrow path to the soul oasis. Family discipleship is not using the word of God in order to get your way. It is not using the threat of God's displeasure in order to get your kids to be quiet or sit still or stop bothering each other. Behavior manipulation is driven by fear, but obedience to God is driven by sincere love and gratitude. A well-behaved child is not the same thing as a discipled child. While the Bible has a lot to say about godly behavior, and obedience is an important aspect of discipleship, behavioral modification is not our main goal. It is far too easy to raise a Pharisee, a child who knows and follows the rules of God, but whose heart is far from Him. We want our kids to be obedient to God not because they are intimidated by Him or by us, but because they genuinely love obedience and they trust God's love and care for them. Family discipleship pursues sincere heart change in kids, true Christian transformation. Being in a position of authority, it is easy to twist the Word of God in order to serve your purposes. It is easy to create a home where it seems like God loves us when we are good and is angry when we are bad. The truth of the gospel is that God always loves us infinitely better than we deserve. We obey because He loves us. He does not love us because and only when we obey. Our kids need to be taught that God loves them beyond their deserving and that obedience breeds joy. Likewise, familial love should also be love without petty conditions. Your kids will not always meet your expectations. It is essential that you love the kids you have, and not some version of them you wish you had. We want you to have a family that never doubts just how much you love them, because in your relationship your affection and commitment are blatantly obvious. Family discipleship is not a way to raise popular kids. Raising kids who follow Christ means you are preparing a generation ready to be comfortable being different and even looked down upon by a culture that thinks they know better. While it is certainly not the goal to raise kids to be deliberately irritating to the world, it should absolutely be your hope to have children who will not shy away from what is true just because it does, in fact, irritate someone. What you believe as a Christian is offensive to modern sensibilities. Let this sink in. If God graciously saves your child, many in the culture will be repulsed by your child. At the very least, discipled kids will be considered weird. Your son or daughter's faith will not impress the world. Your children will be hated because of who your God is and what He is like. Mark chapter 13 verse 13, John chapter 15 verse 19. We need to raise up a generation who is ready to be distinctly different from their peers, righteously abnormal. In a lot of ways, that's the opposite of our natural inclination in how to raise our children. Raising kids who are ready to be hated means raising kids who unashamedly love God, even in the face of loathing and alienation. Regardless if the insults of the world are naive or legitimate, we pray your children will be ready to stand firm in the midst of a world that despises them. 
you will need to put in substantial effort to nurture kids who are ready for that. You are raising kids who will hopefully pursue generosity over comfort, righteousness over acceptance, and selflessness over self-esteem for Christ's sake. Family discipleship is not a strategy to become an admired parent. Fight the temptation to lead in order to become an impressive mom or dad, and instead impress upon your kids their desperate need for a heavenly father. Your identity is rooted in being a child of God, not a parent of your child. This is not about you finding affirmation in the affection or admiration of others. This is not about building your personal legacy or making junior versions of yourself. Family discipleship shapes children into the image of Christ, not the image of their mom or dad. You are not crafting a child to fit a mold of perfection for human admiration and parental pride. This training in righteousness is not a competition or an avenue for egotistic displays of family superiority. Will you get something out of it? Absolutely. It is incredibly rewarding. But that is not why you do it. We do it for the love of our kids and the love of our God. Family discipleship is not always the most appealing path. Family discipleship is not the path of least resistance. For kids, authority, training, and regulations seem like adversaries to freedom and pleasure. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. The unpruned vineyard does not yield the best fruit. You don't disciple because it is painless. You disciple because you believe it is best to serve and obey the God who knows what is best and is what is best. Family discipleship is important. Consider all the planning you put into the physical and intellectual needs of your children. You prepare meals. You make living arrangements. You choose a school. You clothe them. You protect and warn them against the dangers of their world. You establish rules, consequences, and rewards. You could not claim to love your child and send them out unfed, unclothed, or uneducated. You could even be arrested for the neglect of many of these needs. Family discipleship is the charge to realign your priorities, to acknowledge that the spiritual feeding and the spiritual covering of your children needs to be as vital to you and your family as your children's physical feeding and physical covering. While bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8 Clothe your children? Yes, of course, every day, but also help them put on the full armor of God so that they may be able to stand against the devil's schemes. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 Feed your kids? Yes, of course, every day, but also give them Jesus, the daily bread of life, so they will not hunger or thirst for eternity. John chapter 6, verse 35. Give them a safe place to live. Yes, of course, every day, but teach them to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of their lives, that they may inquire of God and delight in His beauty. Psalm 27, verse 4. Get them an education? 
yes, of course, but teach them to discern good from evil and right from wrong. Otherwise they will choose what seems right, and it will lead them to death. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20, Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12. If your children are successful and they get everything they ever want, what good is it if in the process they forfeit their eternal soul? Mark chapter 8 verse 36. We want you to have no greater joy in your child's life, nothing that even comes close, than that they are walking in the truth. 3 John verse 4. It is not only important to your kids that you disciple them, it is also important to us, all of us. What could be more revolutionary in a community than a collection of families raising kids to be friends and followers of Christ together? The Lord working through large-scale family discipleship would revitalize a church and revolutionize an entire society. It is the power of God at work transforming lives and overthrowing the rule of sin in our own homes. It is setting whole households and therefore whole communities on mission to love God, love people, and make disciples that make disciples. Yes, your family discipleship is valuable for the whole church and your community, and the whole church should be invested in seeing your kids come to know their Savior, but you should also know that training your children to know and follow Christ is a job that first and foremost belongs to you. Though you are far from alone in this mission, God rests the responsibility for their Christian education squarely on your shoulders. We live in a day and age where it is far too easy to put off or pass off the Christian discipleship of our children. Discipling your child is not primarily your church's job, your child's school's job, or your pastor's job. This job is yours. This job is vital and requires your unique best. You are irreplaceable in it. This job begins again for you today, regardless of how long you have been parenting. This book is a plea and a tool for you to embrace God's call on you as a dad or mom to intentionally get in your kid's life around their greatest need, their spiritual development. The Lord who has given you this assignment can equip you for it, and He will not forsake you in it. Sadly, this critical Christian mission has too often solicited nonchalance and inactivity from mothers and fathers, even those who themselves walk with the Lord. Family discipleship is not a joyless duty for which you should reserve some leftover energy. It is a priority of the highest order and the essential centerpiece of your household's rhythms. Making disciples at home is not one more thing to add to your list of parental tasks. It is the thing, the primary mission and calling that should undergird every single interaction your family is fortunate enough to have. That may seem like hyperbole, but we are trying our best not to do you the disservice of understating just how significant family discipleship is in a Christian home. Discipling your family is one of the most crucial, weighty, and enjoyable jobs you will ever undertake. It is simultaneously rewarding and draining, fulfilling and frustrating. It is a fantastic, daunting privilege, one that should never be taken lightly, because it is an assignment directly from God Himself. We believe focusing on doing it well is worth earnestly putting in all the time, energy, emotion, and painstaking work it may demand. With all your family has going on, 
you may think you don't have time for family discipleship. The truth is, with all your family has going on, you can't afford not to be dedicated to family discipleship. You face a formidable challenge to be part of how God raises up for Himself men and women who are blameless and innocent, children of God, ready to shine as lights in a crooked and twisted generation. Philippians chapter 2 verse 15 Christian parenting often means knowingly instilling unpopular ideas as we teach our kids to obey all that Jesus commanded. We are raising kids the world may hate, and we want them confident in Christian audacity, ready to swim upstream in a godless culture adrift from holiness. Every step of the way, your kids and you will be tempted to conform to the patterns of this world, so pray God would lead you not into temptation, but deliver you from evil. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, and transform you by the renewing of your minds. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. The good news for us is that in a helplessly broken world full of suffering, powerless people, all children who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how will they call on Him if they do not believe? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear about Jesus unless you tell them? And how are you going to tell them unless you strategically spend time with them? Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Even if your children are difficult and oppositional and argumentative, like the prophet Isaiah said of the children of Israel, let's hold our hands out to them all day, every day. Romans chapter 10 verses 13 through 20. Most importantly, Family discipleship is important because it aligns our hearts with what is true, the reality and supremacy of God. You and your children are both mutually dependent on God. In a world of distractions and lies, as well as a pervasive internal desire for autonomy and control, we need to remember the God who invites us into the joy of relationship with and reliance on Him. God both demands and deserves your family's worship. What other motivation or justification do you need for leading your family to follow Christ? Whatever you do, work heartily. You are serving the Lord Christ. Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. Talking about your parenting can be a sensitive endeavor. Understanding how weighty this task is can lead us into a downward spiral of negative reactions. It is easy to feel afraid of how many ways we will surely mess this up going forward or regret opportunities already passed. To feel ashamed of our personal and ancestral dysfunctions and to tremble at the thought of passing the worst of our sinful legacies on to a new generation. To feel insecure about our own insufficiencies and inadequacies. To feel a sense of impending resignation, already inclined to give up when it gets too difficult. All these feelings are common, but they are not rooted in the gospel confidence and blood-bought freedom we get to walk in as those who trust in Christ. In family discipleship, as in all else the Lord calls you to, God's grace is sufficient for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 Christ has commanded us not to worry, so do not torment yourself with disturbing what-ifs. You can have urgency without anxiety. Family discipleship is mostly ordinary. 
Everything that you do with your family becomes a part of your family rhythm. Your rhythm is what your family will consider ordinary, what you do every day or regularly that feels normal. What are the touch points where your family crosses paths on a regular basis? What are the habits that form the sequences of every week's events? Meals, sports, shows, church, sleep, work, vacations, and so much more make up the pattern of your family's life together. Family discipleship, in order to be rightly ordered and sustainable, should not only be something to add to your family's routine, it needs to be woven into all of it. It needs to be ordinary. This is the foundational purpose of what we call the Family Discipleship Framework. Having a plan for family discipleship time, moments, and milestones helps intertwine the discipleship of your children into every ordinary aspect of what your family does together and thus creates a sustainable rhythm. In the Chandler family, we have gotten to see God do some extraordinary things in our kids' lives. We have witnessed two of our kids becoming believers on the same night while in two different places. We even got to be in the baptism waters with them as they shared how God had revealed Himself to them. Those moments are every Christian parent's dream come true. However, highlights are not the norm for Chandler family discipleship. Our family discipleship has often been marked with difficulty. The vast majority of it can best be described as unremarkable. Much of the time we gather as a family and many of the gospel conversations we have are ordinary and less than memorable. In fact, by and large, our family devotionals have felt like they are not working. I don't ever remember thinking, wow, that was pretty powerful. Yet, after all the everyday, forgettable, and routine interactions we have had, we now see our kids demonstrate what they picked up from our time, moments, and milestones, and we thought they were barely paying attention. Family discipleship needs to be part of the ordinary rhythm of your family. It takes resolve and intentionality to leverage the times your family crosses each other's paths, even in the smallest ways. Granted, while much of what we teach in this book involves leveraging the intersections of your family's already existing life, dedicating your family to Christ may require sacrificing other demands on your schedule especially since reprioritizing family discipleship may involve reevaluating how you are spending your time. More common than replacing commitments in order to accomplish our discipling goals will be repurposing your existing family times, bringing profound purpose into the normal everyday intersections of your family's life to make family discipleship ordinary. And don't expect every family discipleship interaction to be superlative. It's not that we want to just go through the motions in a dry or lifeless manner, but we expect a lot of normal and unremarkable gospel-centered conversations. Family discipleship will sometimes be like a hearty meal and at other times a light snack. On some more rare occasions, your family discipleship will be like a sweet dessert treat to truly delight in. While dessert is great, it is not your main food staple. In order for family discipleship to be normal, it will be best if it's simple. The simplicity of the framework that organizes the rest of this book is intended to help your strategy for leading your family to be free from unnecessary complexities and be clear enough to be sustainable, effective, and memorable. 
spiritually leading a family. What does it mean to lead your family? This is one of the principal questions guiding the content of this book, and one we often get asked as pastors. Put simply, leading your family means going first, initiating what needs to be done. It starts with you. Whatever your family needs, meeting the need begins with your action. In the case of spiritual leadership, that means that you are responsible to initiate and maintain a culture of discipleship in your home. It will not happen without you. You have more influence in your family than you perhaps realize. Using your profound influence to line up your kids behind you and say to them, Be imitators of me, as I am of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, is your spiritual leadership. To lead is to serve. To be a truly great parent, you will have to focus your energy on others, not yourself. Christ embodied and taught this reality. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 through 28. For a husband, leading his wife is synonymous with serving his wife. For a parent, leading the family is synonymous with serving the family. You serve to lead. That means to be a Christian leader, you will have to fight the entitlement and pride that come so easily with authority. Parents are as much mentors and servants as they are masters. Parenting is often draining and thankless work. You have to literally condescend to be a godly parent. You are not to take your position and lord it over those under you. Your role is to identify the needs of those under your care and sacrificially meet them. Determining how your family needs to be served is the same as determining how you will lead them. Spiritual leadership of your home starts with considering the spiritual needs of your home. The greatest spiritual need of your family is every family member's desperate need for salvation in Jesus Christ, to know and trust Him. More important even than teaching your kids to trust in the wisdom of God's instruction is teaching your kids about the salvation available to them in Christ. Of course, we don't teach only the gospel. We also teach the law, the way to live. Your children will not naturally know how to live, think, and speak in ways that honor God, nor how to discern which influences honor their Lord. They will need your guidance. The greatest way to lead and serve your family is to utilize time, moments, and milestones to teach your family about the good news of salvation in Christ and what it looks like to obey all that He commands. Creating a Family Discipleship Culture Culture is built around values, beliefs, and behaviors. Every family has them, whether you have identified them or not. Your family has a unique set of personalities and preferences, expectations and rules, hopes and histories. Your family culture is the atmosphere of your home, and it is shaped by how graciously you respond to sin and failure, how you react to accomplishments and good behavior, and many other factors that contribute to your collective family identity. Every family is different, but each individual contributes to your unique family culture, shaped by your combined values. Some families value athletic achievement. Some families focus on academic accomplishments. 
Some regularly gather around the table for a board game or a family meal, while others pass each other like ships in the night. Some homes love peace, quiet, and privacy, while others don't feel normal if the house isn't boisterous and busy. Some homes are rife with conflict, and some are serene. Designing a family discipleship culture takes having a head of household that purposely sets the tone of the spiritual environment. It is a home that makes family discipleship important and normal. It prioritizes biblical values and incorporates them above and alongside the other values and idiosyncrasies of the family's culture. Some families may go so far as to craft a list of stated values or a family mission statement. It's a worthy exercise to consider the foundational guiding principles of your household. In the Griffin home, on the wall in the hallway leading from our bedrooms is a framed declaration that the Griffin family will strive to know God, to make Him known, and to honor Him in all that we do. If we are considering whether or not to go somewhere or do something, we hold the question up to this mission to determine if our family will invest our valuable time in it. If we don't believe it will honor God, we do not do it. We also have a list of stated values. That same poster states that we value discipline, obedience, repentance, grace, and fun. This is what we build our family interactions around. If you were to spend a week in our home, I hope you'd see the evidence of those values lived out. Regardless of whether you have a written and communicated set of values or mission, your family has a culture. Having some clear, shared values creates a safe, shared culture. Be intentional about fostering a culture that values spiritual development. Find ways to make that clear in the way you prioritize your time together and the things you discuss using the Family Discipleship Framework. What is the Family Discipleship Framework? Almost all pictures come in one shape, a rectangle. Whether it's a snapshot of a birthday party or a mountain landscape, chances are the picture has four straight sides and right angles at all four corners. Since pictures come in rectangles, so do picture frames. Each empty rectangular picture frame is suited to contain infinite possibilities within its finite squared limits. The frame can hold whatever portrait of whatever moment frozen in time you are willing to put into it. The design of the family discipleship framework is similar to a picture frame. It doesn't matter what your family picture looks like, it can be put into this four-piece frame. The framework is likewise universally applicable. The four sides of the framework are simple, and yet profound enough to provide structure to your discipleship and give you clarity and support. But what about single parents, blended families, kids with special needs, spiritually divided homes, older families? We know every family is completely different. For that matter, every family member is unique. Every individual child and every parent is one of a kind and each person may be different tomorrow than they are today. But some things about families are universal regardless of the makeup of your home. First, as we've said, no matter what your household looks like, your family is the primary instrument and environment for discipleship. Second, your family context can be served by planning around the family discipleship framework. As simple as it is, this framework can fulfill its function in any family. 
It can be a valuable resource even in families where members differ in their views of God. Whether they've professed faith or not, we encourage you to include all adults and children in your family in these times, moments, and milestones, while constantly praying that those who have not been born again one day will be. The four pieces of the Family Discipleship Framework make up the backbone of this book and summarize our strategy for the spiritual leadership of our homes. Modeling has to do with your personal spiritual life as a parent. Time, moments, and milestones are our strategy for imparting your faith to your children by building a new gospel-centered and sustainable family rhythm. Modeling Serving as a godly example for your family, living out your genuine walk with God, and demonstrating true repentance where and when you fall short. Family Discipleship Time Creating intentional time built into the rhythm of the family's life for the purpose of thinking about, talking about, and living out the gospel. Family Discipleship Moments Capturing and leveraging opportunities in the course of everyday life for the purpose of gospel-centered conversations. Family Discipleship Milestones Marking and making occasions to celebrate and commemorate significant spiritual milestones of God's work in the life of the family and child. Beginning with the end in mind Think about your family. What images come to mind? Think through each member of your family individually. What is each personality like? What does everyone struggle with? What is everyone good at? Now, when it comes to the spiritual life of you and your children, what do you want your family to look like? What do you want them to do? What do you want them to believe? As we enter into the meat of this book, let's begin with the end in mind. A child disciple of Jesus Christ is a child who loves God, loves people, and imparts what God has revealed to them to others. You love what you know, so if you want to love something more, then learn more about it. That means that much of family discipleship will involve teaching our kids about God and teaching them about people in our efforts to help them fall in love with their Savior and their neighbor. Think about what that would look like in your own home. If we are going to lead a family dedicated to following Christ, what are we asking God to do? What are we hoping for Him to change? We assume that many of the families that are using this book have kids who do not trust Christ. It is important to remember that discipleship begins before conversion. Is it okay to challenge an unbelieving child to learn about, follow, and obey Christ? Absolutely. That does not mean that in every way we treat non-believers as believers, but it does mean that in order to plant seeds of truth in our children's lives, we do not hesitate to call them to what is true just because they do not believe it yet. In children, heartfelt behavior will often outpace mature belief and will precede genuine conversion. A child can speak a heartfelt prayer and demonstrate a heartfelt obedience long before he or she actually possesses genuine faith and a committed personal walk with God, a heart fidelity. So let us give every effort to conduct ourselves as parents in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, hoping to see Him rescue, redeem, and transform our kids and calling them to follow our example.